Welcome to the Live in Everett podcast, where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm producer Henry J. We have fired Tyler Chisholm after 100 episodes of the Live in Everett podcast. Just, That's right. Just kidding. No. He's on his way back. Uh, Teller's played in Oregon, so he's on his way home as of this recording. Hopefully he makes it home safe. Hi, Tyler. That's right. And uh, thanks to all of you for joining us for episode number 101 of the Live in Everett podcast, which is brought to you by Milltown Credit Union. You can check out their no annual fee visa credit card with a low 9.5% rate. Some restrictions may apply. You can learn more at milltowncu.org or visit them at 3201 Broadway. On today's episode, we'll be discussing our events for the weekly goodness, talking about Fisherman's Village Music Festival, which the lineup was just announced last week, have a chat with our own Richard Porter, who has a book coming out this Saturday, and play, hopefully, the final round of Everett Trivia. We may or may not do that. I don't think we are. Yeah, we might have to wait for Tyler for that one. I think we'll wait for Tyler. Only because it was his birthday recently. I feel like it'd be a little mean to finish without him. Definitely. So we'll hold off on the Everett Trivia, but we will do everything else. Let's jump in. Let's take a look at some events happening around Everett from the Weekly Goodness, a weekly email newsletter we send out every single Monday. So let's see who wants to kick us off. Either you or me. How about you, Henry? (laughs) All right. So I will be at uh, Richard's book signing for sure. Sorry, book release. I'm sure he's going to sign them too if you really want him to. Yeah, I'm only going to buy a copy if he'll sign it for me. (laughs) He's hard to track down here in the office, really. I'm just kidding. He's here every single day. I, I, I still need to get him to sign his last book. Oh, yeah. I don't think he signed my copy either. Oh, well. Messed up. Might have to have a Live in Everett signing party. Yeah. So that'll be this Saturday um, at 2 o'clock. Richard Porter is going to be reading from the book. He'll be uh, selling copies. And also Krista Porter, his wife and bandmate of the Porters, uh, she'll be singing as well and performing music to go with the book. That's Saturday at 2 p.m. Very stoked. And we'll hear more about Richard Porter and his new book, The Spar Tree, um, later on this episode. And where's his book release at? Narrative Coffee. Awesome. I'm going to try and make it to that. I went to his last uh, book reading and the baby did pretty good. I just had to move to the back of the room. And uh, Narrative will probably be a little bit friendlier, though, if I've got the baby with me. For sure. Uh, it's a little... A little more ambient noise in there. Um, I am going to share about the free pancakes coming up at the Snow Isle Co-op. They do a free pancake brunch, and that is this Thursday at 11 a.m. in the co-op classroom. If you didn't know about the co-op's classroom, if you walk into the door of the co-op, it's on like the far right side. There's a, a hallway over there. I guess that would be the north side of the building. And they do a lot of awesome classes there, but I don't know if there's anything more awesome than free pancakes. So I might try and hit that up this Thursday at 11. I might try and be there too. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever done it before? Never done it before. I know they do it pretty regularly and it's always one of those things I'm like, oh, I should do that. And then I always forget. But one of these days I want to put those pancakes at the test. I do. Speaking of the co-op, I do want to do an honorable mention. Um, I guess live in Everett's coolest band the band that does our theme song the band that i'm in oliver elf army martin adams from oliver elf army is going to be doing ksr at the co-op on wednesday today the day this podcast comes out uh at six at 6 p.m he's going to be doing solo stuff that i've never heard and i don't think a lot of people have so i'm really excited to hear what he's going to do 
Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we picked out for this week. For more details and to get the weekly goodness sent directly to your inbox every Monday, just go to livenever.com slash subscribe. Your life in Everett. Here we go. I don't think I've ever done a life in Everett segment, but I'm, I'm kicking this one off. First time for everything. That's right. And who better to kick off this topic than, than me, former KSCR radio DJ Henry J, who championed local music here in Everett for seven or so years. Fisherman's Village, the lineup has been announced. Very excited for this year. It's very diverse, I would say. Probably one of the most diverse lineups that we've had. And pretty much every single Everett band is being represented, which makes me very happy. Yeah, and I'm excited for you to take me to school on this, Henry, because you know so much more about music than I do. I, of course, recognize some of the uh, local favorites that I am definitely excited to see, uh, like, you know, I will keep your ghost tellers, um, your band, Oliver Elf army. Uh, but a lot of these bands and there's a ton of bands. I mean, what is there like 50 plus something like that? Yeah. Um, a lot of them I, I have not had the pleasure of hearing yet. And, uh, see, so yeah, I'm really curious to hear who you're excited about. So I'm just, I'm just excited to just go in general and be a part of this and be an artist in this too because it means that i can just go where i want to and do whatever like i have like a set time to perform but it's only like 45 minutes right and then i can just go and enjoy the rest of the festival and i felt that like in and i might be a minority but like fisherman's villages in the past kind of had uh it was more of like a not as a not as a wide swath of bands it was kind of kind of had like its own little kind of genre subgenres mm-hmm. that it was exploring and that was about it. And those subgenres weren't really for me, not really my, my speed. So to see the lineup this year, I'm like really, really excited to just enjoy this festival and take in all the music that's going to be there. Um, I'm really excited. I think my number one pick besides all the Everett stuff would definitely be this band called moaning. They're out of LA really good post-punk band and, um, yeah, they're just excellent. I think they're signed to Sub Pop Records. And then uh, Wolf Parade, a lot of people have talked about them. Uh, they had a hit a couple of years ago, I want to say. I, re- I was talking to Sierra about it, and Sierra's younger than me. And she was like, oh, yeah, I used to listen to them all the time in high school. It's cool that they're coming here. So nice. I think they missed the I, – I didn't get on the Wolf Parade boat. But it seems like they were influential for people who are, like, you know, coming of age with music. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. Wimps, I'm very excited to see Wimps again. Seattle, just awesome, awesome Seattle band. If you like Oliver Elf Army, definitely check out Wimps. Okay, I do like Oliver Elf Army. So they sing songs about being the old guy at the party. They sing songs about stealing other people's pizza, but only if it's cheese pizza, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah, yeah no wonder you like them. They have a song called Do the Vampire, which is always a good time. Um, Sleepover Club, Sierra's band, actually opened for them for the record re- release a couple of months ago. So You have a Wimps t-shirt, right? I do have a Wimps t-shirt, which I bought at that record release. Um, I, yeah. thought, I thought I had heard of them before. Yeah, it's a Wimps uh, t-shirt. It's got a little hot dog man on it, and he's holding a pizza, and it says Wimps Pizza Co. And if you call the phone number on that t-shirt, it'll uh, call the Clockout Lounge, which is where that show happened. And they sell pizza there. Oh, how convenient. It all comes together. Yeah, they're really rad. Um, of course, um, I Will Keep Your Ghost. I'm very excited for um, this band called Omni. 
Um, who else? Who else? There's so the, there's like Sounds a bunch ominous. of stuff. Lilix is another band that I've heard that's really good. I haven't checked them out yet. Some of these bands I'm like abstaining from listening to just because I want to see them live. Mm. You know, like I, I just want to be like, okay, you've told me to go there. I'm going to go and check that out. What do you think about that being the music aficionado that, that you are seeing a band live versus hearing them on, you know, streaming them or listening, listening to them uh, on a CD or something? I feel like it's a different experience. I, obviously, um, I mean, speaking personally, like with Bad Optics, my other band, we play our songs probably, you know, twice as fast as they are on record. Mm. So like, you know, we were a lot more raw in that way and we're kind of dialed back and more more calculated, I guess. But sure. yeah, you know, you're getting, you're getting those different experiences. And I feel like seeing a band live for the first time is a lot more fun because you get to see them you get to experience everything the visual aspect how they move on stage what they look like which is always fun some bands like to dress up other bands look like they just got off work at amazon and that's cool too you know <laughs> so yeah totally. i think i think just going to see a live show and then falling in love with that band through the live show is a lot more fun than finding them like on a playlist that was made by a robot algorithm it's actually one of my favorite things when I see a band in person is actually what they say in between the music. I always think, you know, cause I'm a big person on like, I'm interested to see what people's like personality and like character is. Right. And, um, you know, you, you get those certain musicians that they don't, they don't say a thing. They're just straight, straight to the music focused on the show. And then you get the other ones who they go on, these long tangents and funny stories. And I, I kind of enjoy just, yeah, getting to see some of their, their personality is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oliver Elf Army, Martin likes to talk. Martin talks. We play like four or five songs in a row and then Martin will talk for a little bit and then we'll play the rest of the set and leave. Uh, bad optics. We don't speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Um, it's because the, the boys are really bad at stage banter. That's the reason <laughs> why. But, um, yeah. So yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. You're getting the full experience, right? You're getting to kind of know these artists too. And what's great about going to a show like this or a festival like this, that's kind of smaller is that you'll be able to meet these people too, which is exciting. Right. I'm sure there's going to be a merch table or something like I that. I actually remember you go meet bands and talk to them. Yeah. Was it, um, oh gosh, of course now I'm going to uh, blink on the name. Uh, the, the gentleman, uh, from, is it Mount Erie who played last year? Yeah, he yeah, did, yeah. What, what's his name? That's great. Or no, Mount Erie's a band, right? Mount Erie's a band, yeah. No, he 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 actually lives up by. He lives in Anacortes. Yeah. Okay. What's his name? I'm totally spacing on his name. You right know now. who I'm talking about, yeah, but right? People, people are yelling at us right now. Richard did a really awesome. Phil Elverum. Phil Elverum. Yeah. Sorry for the the mind blank there. So. <laughs> When I, I think it was last year when he was playing at Fisherman's at the Historic Everett Theater. Yeah. And beforehand, he was like standing out there selling merch. And I was really excited to see him. And I was standing there right by him, but I had no idea what to say. And I was like really nervous. And I always get, uh, well, not always, but a lot of the time, yeah, I'll get like kind of awkward. Like if it's someone who, you know, like I'm like really into right. their stuff and like admire them. And then I get, all like anxious i'm like oh what do i say i feel like the best thing that you can say is thank you totally that's yep. like the coolest thing uh, even like you know i'm a very tiny small musician compared to somebody like a phil elverham but like 
you know, I've heard a lot of local bands like we'll play and then we're, we'll like be loading gear out and then we just hang out for the rest of the night. And I, nobody usually talks to you is <laughs> 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 well, at least to me, that's usually the case, but like, you know, uh, yeah, just going up to bands that you appreciate and enjoyed like their set and just be like, Hey, thank you so much. Like that was a great set. It really does mean a lot. Just that little, mm-hmm. just that little bit. It's like, wow, all of this hauling, you know, hundred pounds of gear and, you know, driving hours, you know, it, it makes it all worthwhile. So yeah, if yep. you see, if you see one of your favorite musicians out and about in the crowd and fishermen's, they look like they're just standing around doing nothing. Just talk to them. Totally. And it's going to be a little more, uh, condensed the festival that this year, cause it's all going to be on Cedar street over by the scuttlebutt tap room, right? Yep. Cedar and 33rd is where it's going to be. So yeah, the scuttlebutt tap room is one of the stages and then they haven't released the schedule yet which I'm excited to see. I don't really know where we're going to be. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see the schedule. So there's going to be a few different stages over in that zone there? Three different stages. Okay. Uh, there's a night market stage, which is in the night market, and then there's one inside the tap room, and then there's one um, uh, main stage too. Nice. So yeah, it's all going to be con- confined to like a block, which is really great. And there's going to be food trucks and beer and all of that stuff too. And I feel like while it was really cool having it in downtown, the walkability kind of got rough and like, you know, I've missed certain bands that I wanted to see like the beginning of their sets. Cause I was walking to, or just, you know, things like that. So yeah, I'm excited because yeah. it wore you out at the end of the day. Like if you started at three o'clock and you go to 2am, it's a whole lot of walking you got to do in between venues and things like that, or just like standing around and hanging out. But yeah. Yeah. It'll be real interesting to see how the, the feel and energy compares this year. Like, like I did love having it in, in downtown and even though all the different stages were relatively close, it's still just even having things a couple blocks apart, you know, it's, it's far enough that obviously the energy of those places is so separate. We'll all be interested to see what the setup this year. It, I have a feeling it's, it's going to feel a lot more high energy overall with more connectedness and cohesion maybe so it should be cool one downside to that though that i loved about last year's and all the other fishermen's is that you could just run into random people on the street and just go like follow them to something yeah it's like oh hey what are you doing oh we're gonna go see this band cool do you mind if i tag along and then you're like going to see a band you've never seen with your friends who are like into it you know yep totally uh, at least that was my experience you're like hey let's let, you want to go grab it we're gonna go grab a beer you want to go grab a beer and then we go get a drink yeah in part ways and like you just see everybody out and about milling around and totally yeah so i'm sure that'll there'll be a lot of that just all in one place instead of a couple of blocks yeah should um, be cool yeah well, uh, May 16th, 17th and 18th, mark, mark those calendars, get those tickets. It's uh, it's going to be a fun one for sure. Also real quick before we wrap yeah, up, yeah, yeah. I do want to give a shout out to all the Everett bands that are playing. Um, I saw a lot of people on Facebook being like, Oh, well, are these bands local? Yeah. And here they all are. <laughs> we have, Sleepover Club, I Will Keep Your Ghost, Fretland, Tellers, Fuzzmutt, um, Oliver Alfarmy, Bad Optics, Shoecraft, Steel Beans, Spheremid, Moments, The Moon is Flat, The Porters, Narrow Tarot, Killingsworth, Sylvie, which is uh, Sarah Feinberg's new project from Tellers, uh, Clothing Optional, Go Away Sun, Isaac Mello, 
And then I believe we're going to have like the Linwood or Everett School of Rock is going to be there as well. So that is a lot of Everett bands represented. That was like 20 or so. Yeah, it's crazy this year. So shout out to RCE for really embracing um, the music scene that we have here, for sure. Almost everybody got in. It's not full representation, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I know RCE puts a ton of effort into coordinating this huge festival. So yeah, kudos to uh, Ryan Crowther if you're listening. Thank you for putting this all together. I'm excited for it. Uh, We'd love to hear what bands you guys are excited about. Um, you got anything else, Henry, before we transition out of this? No, I think that's it. Cool. I'm excited. I'm hopefully going to do a story with like all of our picks and then I want to put together like a cool Spotify playlist so people can get acclimated to the bands that maybe they want to see. Nice. Yeah. That's what I need to do. need to do some, some audible research. Um, so yeah, let us know who you guys are excited to see. Drop us a line through social media or leave us a voicemail. 425-341-3731. We'd love to hear from you. Henry J here. Um, sitting across the table from me is somebody that uh, I look up to every day as a writer. And I mean that. Uh, you have uh, Your second book is coming out called The Spar Tree. Uh, yeah. Live and Everett writer. Uh, Milltown Creative Co. writer as well. I'm trying to think of all the things that you do. There's so many things that you do, but Richard Porter is here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. For sure. One half of the Porters. Um, yeah. Your, your band with, with Krista Porter, your wife. Mm-hmm. You're also a cool dad. Hey, thanks. Stand-up desk aficionado. Sometimes you stand, sometimes you sit. Yeah. It depends on, you know, my feet get tired. Right. <laughs> And um, yeah, self-published author. How does that feel? That's my first question is how does it feel to be a self-published author? I mean, you have full creative control. Yeah, that's what's exciting. That's what's exciting. But if you think about it, anybody could be self-published if they get the capital. It's uh, a hopefully one day I'd like to be like published, published, but also having, like you said, complete creative control is really exciting. Like you can design the cover of the book everything that's inside of it i love that very cool and the new book is called the spar tree right that's right yeah so explain to me real quick uh you you explain what a spar tree is in the book but uh i feel like it really intertwines with all of the readings um that are collected in the spar tree so uh, maybe give us a background on what a spar tree actually is so the spar tree is this image i kept on coming back to it's actually the name of a dive bar in granite falls <laughs> that is this old hundred year old honky tonk with uh old scarred like paneling on the walls is this lager bar and it sort of represented in my mind um the culture of snohomish county or like the original culture but also a spar tree is the tallest tree in a logging operation um all the loggers would hook their cables to it and um without the spar tree you couldn't you couldn't do any work so it's symbolic of uh, a lot of things in the book like finding the center of our local culture and um sticking to that figuring out what that was it is something that you wrestle with within the book within basically all the little i guess what, what would you call it? like stories within yeah um yeah, it's something that that you wrestle with, kind of the old versus the new, the old ways 
that kind of Snohomish County was built upon mm-hmm. and the Pacific Northwest in general now and, and, and what's happening now, um, you know, with tech and, and it just seems like tech. Tech is like the big <laughs> one, right? Yeah. Cell phones, all of that. I mean, we talk a lot in the Milltown world about digital detox is a big thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe speak on that a little bit. Yeah, I guess what's interesting to me is I, I grew up in Snohomish County, like, and, and you've, you've been here for a while since you were a kid. Yeah. And, and so suddenly I'm an adult and I have adult consciousness and I'm raising kids here and I'm like, what is our local culture predicated on? And if you look at the history, it's sort of interesting. Like you had all these Scandinavians like a hundred years ago, come here and exploit the area for natural resources, mining and timber. And then that went away. And then like in the past few decades, um, like Seattle's continued to grow and infringe on nature. And um, I'm sort of left with this question of like, well, what is, what is my culture? It's such a, it's such a recent thing here to like have, have my ancestors be here. My, my grandpa moved here a couple of generations ago. I'm trying to think about like, what do I pass on to kids? Like how do they appreciate the natural beauty and um, what, what will survive for the next generation, especially since we're like eating through resources and exploiting them and like, what is there to look forward to, but try to do it hopefully and not just like, Oh no, climate change. We're doomed. Right. Yeah. yeah. There is no, there's no doom and gloom in your book. It actually made me want to go outside, Oh, good. which is something that I struggle with um, and enjoy that, that nature and that beauty. Um, I'm not an outdoorsy person whatsoever. I'm definitely a, I, I guess a, an urban guy. I like, being in the city and being around all of, all of that. But, um, yeah, you, you really make what we have here, even 20 minutes away, very, very enticing for somebody like me. And I think within the book, you really flesh out and spell out why we need to preserve these places and why they are so beautiful in the history within. I think you did a really good job. Oh, hey, thank you. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of an experimental book, so I'm interested to see how it lands. Like, Smokestackers was much more narrative, and that's easy to follow. Like, there's characters and stuff happens, and this is much more, like, autobiographical or exploring questions that I'm uncomfortable with and seeing where they go. Right, but you <laughs> explore them within these places that have existed for hundreds of years, and now they're, like, shells of their former... You know, they're, they're, you're talking about Monte Cristo, you talk yeah. about Lime Kiln Trail and, you know, Big Four mm-hmm. and all these places that were mined and were inhabited at one point and now they're ghost towns or now, yeah. you know, one thing exists mm-hmm. from that. So I think it's very, it's, it's very interesting how you weave and intertwine all of that and a lot of reflection. Yeah, I think one thing like, so with Milltown, I write for Snohomish County Tourism, and one thing that we always try to get into the copy, which I really appreciate, is like the tribal perspective. And the Tlalip tribal perspective is sort of like, we've been here for millennia, so that that automatically just like changes your whole perspective on on time. And we have a lot of ghost towns that are just like f- failed mining or logging operations where the resources have been depleted. And so I guess like one thing that's really cool about Snohomish County is it's 70% um, trees. It's still like wild area. And so I don't know what what I'm trying to go with. This is like these areas belong to no one, but they belong to everyone. 
it's right. kind of a paradox. It's like no, nobody can own the forest, but like we all own the forest. So let's take care of it. Exactly. Um, I, I feel a, mer- a moral imperative about that, especially as like a parent and like knowing that peak oil is going to happen sometime during my kid's lifetime. Is that, is that kind of a scary thing? Because that's, I feel like that's a big reason why I don't have children is yeah. that I'm afraid of bringing a kid into this world and you've, you just had your third child. Yeah. So uh, what is, what is that like? <laughs> no, it's like a big broad, like open ended question, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what is it like trying, trying to think about your children's future? Yeah. Scary, scary gets at it. Scary gets at it. And I think like, but also like em- embracing the scariness of it and trying to teach them courage because and resilience because they'll need it. Like, I don't know. I haven't, I wish I was better read up on climate change and all the impacts. I've read some long form articles about rising tides and how people are going to be migrating after water supplies run out. And it's hard, it's hard not to think of that. Like it's hard to take that from like a thought experiment and think about like, Oh yeah, this is actually going to happen. It's not a feel good feeling. And I was listening to this interview with Ira Glass where he was saying, like, you can't write a feel-good article about climate change. So maybe with Spartry, I've I've tried to, like, um, make it less scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get back to the Spartry bar yeah. in general. Um, you wrote that there's, uh, it's like, it's like a low culture mm-hmm. um, of, like, transient fishermen and loggers. So I guess speak on that. Um, yeah. Oh, sure. So, um, part of the work I think through living Everett in a mill town is changing the narrative around Everett and Snohomish County. And I think, um, so Snohomish County has always been very, very working class and that's starting to change with tech a little bit, but it's been people who are like construction workers or fishermen or loggers. And that's really interesting to me. I mean, like I, I come from, this guy Comish River Valley, my dad was a construction worker. And it's like, um, I'm sort of interested in, I probably have like that millennial desire for authenticity, whatever that is, like that elusive word authenticity, but like, what are these places that are going to be disappeared and obliterated by Amazon and how do we appreciate them? And like, you know, like the average Joe places, and I think that's what's really interesting about writing tourism copy for Sonoma County is like on the surface level, it's it's kind of a hard sell. There aren't a ton of gastro pubs where it's farm to table fare. It's more like places like the Spartry. And I think that's also valid, like these kind of divey diners and um, places where people can go and be real. And there's no pretension about like you can't go there and get an arugula salad. It's like um, you go there and crack a cold one with the boys and I wonder if that's kind of going to go away in time and like maybe I'm nostalgic for that because I was sort of like my dad's vibe or like his generation right right mm-hmm. I feel like there's also like an ironicness to people our age that go to those places mm-hmm. they go there for the irony and kind of like it's like a zoo almost like hey look at that guy wow yeah. He's a real life construction worker and I sit in an office all day and go to a dive bar because I think it's funny. Yeah. I find that really disgusting. You're saying it's like exploitative. Yeah. Kinda, a yeah. little bit, a little bit. Cause it's like, you're trying to, I don't, I don't know what, what that is. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know where that comes from either. It's like trying to, I, I guess it's, it's a form of gentrification almost in a way where you're trying to take mm-hmm. a, take this place that's been there forever. And then, you know, the white collar workers show up or the people with money show up. And then soon it's a dive bar that charges $9 for a drink. And, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I totally, I totally get it. And we've seen that happen in Seattle at a alarming to many people, an alarming rate. Like, right. is that going to come here and happen? to our hometowns I think that makes me nervous but also um like there's a show on Netflix that I really enjoy called um Chef's Table and they had this episode about this guy who is a he won a James Beard award in the south he's a southern chef and he basically just took his grandmother's recipes from Appalachia and like low country food quote-unquote of like crab boils and he is preserving these for recipes for another generation and trying to create like a continuity of narrative before all that just kind of becomes homogenized by the freight train of homogenization that we all seem to be on. (laughs) (laughs) And so I wonder like, what are those aspects of Snohomish County that are going to be gone uh, before we know it? And maybe like we don't recognize them disappearing before our very eyes. Right. Do you feel that, any of the places that you've written about are kind of in danger in the book? Um, places that I've written about, uh, I gotta think now. I'm not sure, but I feel that way about a lot of particularly like Everett businesses I've written about. Like I think about like the character of Ray's or the character of like Mikey's or Totem Diner. I don't know. We are talking this morning about how there's more like fast food chains coming into the city and it's like, oh, well, you can get fast food anywhere, but... Right. Yeah. Why Why do we need a Denny's when we have a Totem? Right. Or, you know, a Wendy's or Wendy's Country Cafe, not Wendy's, the burger place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right. But, yeah. you know, like, like yeah, why, why do we need, need this coming here? Um, mm-hmm. Like growing up in Marysville, for me, like watching it go, you know, my exit, my old exit is 116th street. And when we first moved to 116th, uh, it was a two lane road with a trailer park on it until you got to state street. And then it was just like more forest, you know, mm-hmm. and now it's all of these fast food chains and there's a Winco and there's, you know, a Coles and all of this stuff. And that happened within 20 years. Yeah. And it's kind of insane and jarring to see all of that just kind of sprout up and it's, there's no local flavor. There's no local restaurants on that strip at all. There's one, one like little place, like breakfast place. Everything else is a chain. Yeah. And it scares me because Marysville, I feel, and this is just me speaking in my own opinion, is losing. It's like devoid of anything local. There's a lot of local places that are gone. The flapjack just closed. Mm. Um, and it makes me sad and it scares me living in Everett now. Yeah. I don't want these places to go away. Yeah. Marysville, every time I drive up by five, it's changed. Yeah. You yeah. can just tell right from the, the interstate, there's new everything. Yeah. Doing that balancing act. Yeah. And, and I don't want to sound like a Luddite either. Like progress isn't good or like whatever, but it, it is weird. I, time is so subjective, but I feel like as I get older, I feel like, as I was saying, it's like, it feels like a freight train. Like we just have our foot on this gas pedal of like, let's consume and build and consume and build and strip mall everything. And that's something that we always talk about too. And like, in like tourism 
copy. It's like, how do you encourage people to come here and enjoy things, but also do it sustainably and mindfully right. and not just bring in a bunch of foot traffic. So, right. yeah. So what are your, what are some of your influences, um, either for this book or, or just in general? I'm curious. Yeah. For this book, I, I really started writing like sort of intuitively, just sort of like thinking about certain ideas that I returned to. And I don't, I don't really know how to like describe that much without going into like the mystery of wherever ideas come from. I think it has to do with like working with Snohomish County and, and going to some of these remote places that are still like pristine and beautiful and me thinking about that subjectively. But another book that was really influence, influential to me is Ken Kesey's um, Sometimes a Great Notion. It's like a 700 page long experimental novel about a logging family in Oregon, but the way he writes about the Pacific Northwest is really cool. It's like the the Northwest is almost a character that outlives generations and like kind of humbles them through its grandeur. Like he talks about like the relentless rain and how it can like make or break men. And uh, I thought that was really cool. Like the idea of a region almost as a character. And I tried to explore that. There's this one bar in that book called the snag, which is almost a, identical to this bar tree it's like this old loggers bar where they go and play honky tonks and uh, i have a nostalgia for that sort of thing you know like the old old northwest that maybe i wasn't privy to there's one essay in this book about um june hogs which is the story of my grandfather who came here to build the bonneville dam and how men had sort of like this gung-ho like we're going to tame nature spirit and that's what brought a lot of settlers here but in the ends, like they ended up obliterating this spe- species of super salmon, and so it's like at at what cost? Right, and that salmon was prized by Native Americans. Yeah, and now it's gone. Yeah, so the Bonneville Dam wiped out this trading post that Native Americans had used for millennia, and uh, it was just so like the greater Portland area could have light. Right. Yeah. So if you think about it in those terms, is that such a great trade off? I can't, I mean, man, this book sounds like it. <laughs> I'm not selling this book. It sounds like a real guilt trip. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's actually, a, I, I mean, I read it in one sitting today. Yeah. Um, yeah. You gave it to me this morning and I was like, oh yeah, I'll, you know, skim through this because we're going to have this interview and I need sure. to at least know a little bit of something. But um, yeah, like I, I read through the whole thing. Um and I don't think that it's all doom and gloom at all. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I, you ask these questions without, without being, um, you know, I, I think you do a good job of like what Ira Glass was trying to say is like, you know, talking about climate change and just change in general. How do you mm. write a feel good story about it? Mm. And I, I feel that you, you did it to an extent, you know, um, it's very, re- uh, introspective. Yeah. Very reflectful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks. That's kind of my qualm about putting it out there in the world is like, it's very not marketable. Cause I think like smokestackers, I sort of adopted this persona of Everett historian. Right. This is definitely like my unfiltered thoughts, which is very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I felt that it was fantastic. You use a swear word. I, d- I said the F word in there. I don't think I've ever heard you say the F word. Yeah. As long as I've known you. Yeah. So that was big. Yeah. <laughs> Krista pointed that out too. She's like, you said the F word. I'm like, yeah, that's me. 
<laughs> so you're, you're going to release this book this weekend at narrative coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the plug. Um, 2 PM, March 23rd, narrative coffee. Uh, I'm going to do live reading. There's going to be a book release and Chris is going to, um, my wife, Chris, Porter is going to play music that accompanies the readings like we did for smokestackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also going to have a slideshow with some photos that I took for the book. So Chris is doing the, she's doing music for the, for the book release. Yeah. But the two of you are in a band, the Porters, you're playing at Fisherman's Village, but you're also playing on the 26th of April with Fretland at the Scuttlebutt Tap Room. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to guess that's a, that's an EMI show and every music initiative show. That's right. Yeah. They're, um, seemingly a big deal from what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, they. I saw that they had like a GoFundMe for their record, and they raised like twelve grand for it or something like that. So, wow, good on them. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, so that'll that'll probably be a fun night. Scuttlebutt Tap Room is always a good time. Yeah, it's the the one time I've played it, it was fun. But I've seen a lot of <laughs> shows there, and it was pretty rad. And then, yeah, you're playing um, Fisherman's Village too, which is going to be great. Yeah, I don't know if we can give details on where you're going to be or not or what day hmm. we know i don't know if we can say yet the schedule is not out it will be an artistic venue i can say that yeah i think so yeah i think that's good <laughs> well richard anything else uh you'd like to add about the spar tree at all uh anything about saturday or um no hey i really appreciate the opportunity to be on here it's always nice to get my message out there for sure and yeah uh, congratulations on the book. It oh, was thank you. an awesome read. And um, yeah, thank you for everything. I mean, I feel that you are Mr. Live and Everett. I know that Garrett and Tyler created Live and Everett, but I think that you brought a voice and a vibe to Live and Everett that I try to live up to every single day. So I do appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I Wow, that's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so go see Richard uh, this Saturday, the 23rd, 2 p.m., the Spartree book release with uh, with Krista. Chris Supporter will be there as well. Thank you again, Richard. Thank you, Henry. You can help support Live and Everett with a donation to our Patreon. Even a dollar a month helps us deliver stories, videos, and this podcast about the good things in Everett every single week. If you want to know more, you can head over to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Live and Everett to donate today and help support Live and Everett. For sure. And one thing that we have been doing, if you want a little incentive to uh, join us on Patreon, support us on Patreon, you can get the Live and Everett TV on Friday now. That's right. Just for our patrons, $2 or more a month will get you early access. And uh, I like to type a little behind the scenes thing on there too every single week for uh, yeah for our patrons. So once again, patreon.com slash Live and Everett get the live in Everett TV before all of your friends and be very, very cool. Probably the coolest person in Everett possibly. I'd say so. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out on the live in Everett podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please help others discover it as well by subscribing on Apple podcasts and leaving a review. If you'd like to drop us a line, you sure can contact us at podcast at live in Everett.com or leave us a voicemail at four, two, five, three, four, one, three, seven, three, one. Thanks for joining us today. Special thanks to Oliver Alfarmi for our theme music, to our producer, Henry J., and to our guest, Richard Porter. Good things happen. This is why Tyler does this. Good things happen in Everett because of you. So thank you so much for listening and being a part of this wonderful city. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) 
This is why I get every till the grave.